The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are talking about a whole lot of different things today, most of them totally freaking controversial. And, of course, uh, I'm on with Paul Michael Pollan, who you'll like better than you like me. How you doing, Paul? Uh, well, today's going to test that one. Okay. <laughs> today's going to test whether you'll really do like Paul. We'll see. Um, so, we're going to be one – so, for anyone listening in um, – Everyone here has really, really kind of different views, and that's a good thing. Uh, one of the things I think Paul and I can agree on is the travel ban's a disaster. Mm, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know if it's – I still don't know if the thing's necessary. Well, it's a disaster for the film industry right now. No. Uh, well, we weren't – were we were we filming in any of the countries that uh, we uh, put the? Yeah, uh, we we kind of were. Ron Howard was doing some work for. Uh, well, he wasn't. His second unit was doing work in the desert for um, the new Han Solo origin. Mm. Out that way, so yeah, it, it's kind of they've retaliated against the travel ban, and uh, mayors are rebelling, and then after the travel ban. Trump uh, demanded that um, all the states hand over their voter registry information. Yeah, it's a, is it that crowd? Uh, what's the name of the company that uh, the uh, left accuses the right of using to voter suppression? Is that CrowdStrike or is that? Uh, oh, I, I think care. so. Yeah, I think yeah. So, well, no, it's not. He's not demanding it from them. He's gone to the mayors. And the voter Uh registries in each city through the government and demanded that they be handed in along with people's social security numbers so that he knows Uh, they're legitimate people. No, 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 no. Whole social. The states offered whole social. He responded he wants all information. Um, And the states don't want to put that out because they don't want anyone, you know, getting grief, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a social security number. It's, uh, from what I understand, it was only the last four digits that there. That is that, part of the that was the original. That was the original proposal, but then it kind of got upped. I, I'm, I just kind of want. This is going to sound terrible, but with everything that's gone on with Trump, I kind of would prefer President Pence at this point. No, I don't agree with all his policies. I know. No, 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 no. I mean, granted, he would be able to get things done, but that's not what I don't think a lot of us want done. (laughs) 
Yeah, you know? he's 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 a weird he's a weird chap. I'll give you that. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm just a little too. The guy won't even like uh, be alone in his office with a with another woman without the door open or another another person in he it. He won't go to dinner. Yeah, marriage. he won't go to a professional dinner with a woman because he thinks it's disloyal to his wife. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. really shocking, um, and I've never seen entertainment and politics crossover so much but i think that's because we have the you know we, we basically have a reality star in the white house mm-hmm. so we've had yep. a huge crossover for you know we may as well have kim kardashian in the white house at this point um but i think it, it reminds me a lot and you and i talked about this and i wish everyone would just remember this you'll love jimmy carter now does everyone remember how angry Everyone was at him at the time. He may have been more polite than Trump, but he had all the same problems. If you put in someone that doesn't know, they simply don't know. Because you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So I... (laughs) No, it is a bit of a mess right now. I, I, I get stuck, and I find some of what he does and says very indefensible. But I think he's been put in a job he's not qualified for. Yeah, and yeah, that's a serious. He's learning. Problem. He is. Unfortunately, so, he's not learning the right extent. stuff. He's not. <laughs> he's, he is learning. Yeah, he is, and it's 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 really heartbreaking for me, and it's costing the film industry a lot of money now. And let me point out, I know you would never listen to this uh, this show, Mr. Trump, but if you ever did, you were part of the film industry. Start being nicer to us. You wouldn't be in the White House without us. Please don't blame us, everyone that does here. Not us personally, but still. Like, he wouldn't be in the White House without Hollywood. And a lot of his moves are kind of screwing Hollywood. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, you know, Hollywood really did did do their best to, uh, you know, try and destroy him during the election. But that didn't work quite out. So maybe it's a little blowback. He's turning around. He's like, "All right, it's it's true. Hollywood really went after him." Uh-huh. Um, I'm I'm it not happy. Work. I'm not happy with the healthcare thing right now. I think that's a nightmare, and it's uh-huh. going to bring our costs up substantially. Right now, by having everyone on set insured, it's really brought down the cost of set insurance, the cost of filming. Um, even our our union dues have been affected by this. So it's been a godsend for us. Um, that's going to be a hard one. And I'm actually really pissed at Nancy Pelosi over this whole thing. Mm, you mean her uh, not wanting to introduce single-payer by any stretch of the imagination? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's she, the kind of leadership the Democratic Party has now. Great. I like Camilla Harris. I don't like the leadership either party has right now. I think we need mm. to put John McCain and Camilla Harris in the White House. I'm done. That Just put those two in. And then let, Bernie, uh, let let them in, then they can fight to the death with sticks, and we'll just give it to Bernie Sanders and let him take over. Well, that'd be nice, but... <laughs> I, I'm just frustrated. It, it's well, yeah, so negatively what, affecting what, us. What, what countries besides the one on the one on the list are not allowing us to go into their borders? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's all it's all seven have now said that if uh, out of retaliation, and then um, I guess yeah, um, well, I, Merkel. We, go, we, sh- we shouldn't be going into any of those countries. Most of the countries on there are pretty much failed states at this point. Iran's not a failed state. No, but Iran's definitely hostile towards us. The other six um, are. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's the reality is though. I mean, it's this whole thing has gotten ridiculous. Merkel is wanting to change the trade agreement, and for those that don't know, one of the things America has is we have a lot of VW plants. We are actually the largest manufacturer, physical manufacturer of German cars in the world, and we supply the steel for German cars. So we get more business from them being here and more jobs and to put a 20% tariff on something that is supporting so many people means the plant's going to be pulled. Um, the, or the plants, not the plant. The plants are, are going to be pulled. So that's, that's affecting everything. I think where I'm caught here and where I'm so irritated and I know I'm being really scattered right now is I feel very bad for Donald Trump. Um, <laughs> I do. Heard it here first, people. Yeah, I, I feel really bad for him. I do not like him as a human being mm. um, at all. Yeah, there, he definitely has faults in the human being category. I'm not going to sit there. I, I, I really, I really don't like him as a human being, but I am so... Because everyone is so angry, nobody is helping him. And they're pushing their agenda. And the reality that we're facing now is... The Democrats really don't want to impeach. They want to let it burn, which pisses me off. Well, they and can't. They can't. They can't impeach. I, I know, but they, they, the, the Republicans now are kind of looking for a reason. And then he's not, thank God, he's not even championing his own health care. But this whole thing has become so divisive and... Mm. You know, I mean, in my back home for me, we get riled up about rugby league. Um, you know, I, I know the importance of the fact that, you know, the Rabbitohs don't usually win. It bothers my dad. There's beer and tears involved and that's it. And then when someone gets into office that, that irritates everyone, we can actually go in midway through and pull them out if we're that unhappy and we have. And... The well, government's built on... If Trump out, it's President Pence, and he can and actually get not, things done, so... But, yeah, but they're not good things. Um, yeah, and so the travel point. ban's a nightmare. The freaking um, healthcare is a nightmare, mm -hmm. and it's seriously affecting the film industry. And I just kind of want to turn around, around to Trump and say, dude, this is an industry you should care about, because without yeah. social media, you wouldn't be famous. Well, the ACA needs to be fixed, and their version of the health care plan is not, it's not going to work either, so it's It's, it's, it's worse. It's it not, takes, it takes away health care right from, uh, from, from 24 million Americans in the next three years. It gives an 80% tax break to the wealthy. If you guys sit down and read this, and I've had to sit down and read this damn thing, it's awful. And we've got Republicans saying they won't sign it. It mm -hmm. doesn't roll back um, the American Health Care Act. It actually works within the structure of the American Health Care Act to take away health care to give a tax break. So it doesn't remove the health care that everyone's complaining about. It just takes it away from more people. And it's going to affect Medicare and Social Security and disability. Yeah. So the whole thing is awful. Yeah, they, it, it really needs, I think it needs to move in towards a Medicaid for all or a single-payer system because they, you know, the health companies just don't want to take care of people with pre-existing positions 
because it's a money suck for them. I completely they're, agree with you. They're Paul. just not going to make any money off of those people. I think that the uh, a compromise would be to expand Medicaid for all in a single payer thing to people who would be considered to be put in their the high risk pools, like people with pre existing conditions, and then people without pre existing conditions who can't afford health care, they can still buy their their health coverage. I absolutely agree with you completely, um, mm-hmm. but that's a country I grew up in, so. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, even Trump said that Australia has better health coverage than us. Uh, well, I mean, I'm glad he can read a paper. That's an improvement. He's starting <laughs> to read papers. It's it's just, it's absurd. And then he just threw a, um, a, a ball last week to raise money for his uh, 2020 run. Anybody show up? Yeah, a, a couple of people. It was not well received um, Republicans really aren't backing him this time Mm-mm. but like I said I think I think people need to think back to Jimmy Carter and as well loved as he is now he went in let's, I'm cutting personalities out here so I don't want anyone getting pissed at me on Twitter and, and talking about how different they are I am simply talking about the inexperience everyone was mad at Jimmy Carter the same way they're mad at Trump Yes, Donald Trump has some additional things, but let's put those off the table for now. You put someone in who is inexperienced, you get inexperience. It's not it, it's not it's not it's not rocket science, it's basic understanding. Your well, thoughts? Yeah, Paul? who knew things were so complicated? <laughs> I like that. That was my favorite line when he said, who knew healthcare was so complicated? And I liked yeah. Obama's response. Me. I knew healthcare was so complicated. Yeah, and he still let the ACA pass. So, you know. I mean, oh, it, he you know, he didn't the have, they changed it. Did you read his original bill? I know what he originally wanted to do when he started to run. Uh, oh, running, if you read his first draft work. of the bill? Oh, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. His first draft of the bill was basically single payer. It was absolutely beautiful. Then, of course, you got into Congress and the Senate, and they got to change it all they wanted. Um, and yeah. so everyone threw in their two cents, and it became a bastardized hybrid limping along. But at least the bones of it could be turned into something good um, and or something bad in this case. So it really depends on how we do it. But I think people need to call their congressmen and, you know, call Congress and say, hey, no – to the new health care act and if you don't like the current one ask for something better but for the love of god don't take what's on the table yeah it really needs to be done right and yeah and and this is not it being done right, right this is not you know, it being I, done right i don't care how long it takes you know it, it, it took how long to get them give us the mess that is the aca or obamacare eight years mm-hmm. yeah it took a while for that to they basically involve it to the mess that it is today, so it's going to take a bit for it to come, to come out. So, yeah, it's not ready to get passed. Pass. So, back to the drawing board, guys. I completely agree. We are going to break. When we come back, we'll be back with Dr. Russ talking about all things skinny. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with Paul Michael Bull, and this is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
What is your purpose? In the journey that we call life, our values are pre-programmed into us before we're born. During our lives, we pick up life's lessons and soul connections along the way. We explore this path on Soul Sessions with Solstice, featuring hosts Delana Davis and Rita McRae. Our program is designed to help you more confidently live from your heart and not just your head. Tune in live for Soul Sessions with Solstice every Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a pet parent? If so, you'll want to stay up to date on the latest tech gadgets and advances for your canine or feline friend. With a ton of apps, websites, tech toys, and more, you'll want to be in the know when it comes to the real treasures and the duds. For that information, listen for Pet Lover Geek with host Lorian Clemens. We test and discuss what's hot and what's not on the pet front, so you'll be better informed. Tune in Saturdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we got into a little bit of politics. Now we are going to talk a little bit about health. Then we are going to be talking about documentary films and abortion, because why the hell not? Let's see if we can piss everyone off today. (laughs) But let's start with the segment that everyone loves and bring on your favorite doctor and mine, Dr. Russ. Dr. Russ, welcome to the show. Thank you, Summer. It's nice to be here. It's always wonderful to have you. We have some interesting questions today. Uh, okay. Um, Let's the, hear first, them. the first question we have is from Alina, or Alina, yeah, I think that's Alina, in Los Angeles, California. Can food stop aging? And if it does, what is it and where do I eat it? Well, uh, the answer is yes. Uh, uh, it the can? Food, uh, food that is poisonous, uh, it stops the aging process altogether. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Taking the question very literally, uh, if the question is, are there foods that help people live longer, the answer is yes. Uh, And it's primarily healthy eating, uh, eating a variety of foods that are uh, healthy to eat and uh, they can be eaten in unlimited quantities. It's just a matter of, uh, of uh, food choices, really. Uh, there are uh, theories about uh, antioxidant properties in food. I'm sure you're familiar with it. Uh, 
You're at the chromosomal level, there are these little uh, appendages on the chromosomes called uh, telomeres, I believe. And uh, uh, the more telomeres there are there, the uh, less likelihood there's to be mutation in the chromosome. And you know, mutations lead to things like cancer. So yeah, it's a well-popular uh, uh, area in research, and there, there's been, a lot been done. A lot more needs to be done. But uh, I think healthful eating is, uh, is the key to longevity. I like that. And I actually, my favorite comment was your first one. You, you eat poisonous food, you, it's going to stop the aging process. That was, that's going on as our Facebook quote for the show today. That was excellent. <laughs> I like that. Does diet affect your brain? From Nathaniel in Los Angeles. We've got two from Los Angeles, California today. Nathaniel, I haven't heard that name in years. Does diet affect your brain? Uh, yes, it, it does. Uh, if you can eat a healthful diet, uh, there's a lesser likelihood of many disease processes that can affect the brain, diabetes, hardening of the arteries, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Uh, they can all be mitigated uh, through healthy eating. So uh, the, an- the answer to Nathaniel's question, your listener Nathaniel, is yes. I like that. So it can. So it's eating the right things to increase your longevity and incre- increase your quality of life, and not you know get plaque and strokes and everything else. I like that. Um, this was the one I found interesting. I believe big is beautiful, but my belly gets in the way during sex. How can I lose my belly without working out, or what positions can I get into that will make easier it easier for him to get in? Lona from Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs> I'm I'm not I, I I'm not that was that was fun. Well, I take her question uh, in all seriousness. Uh, there isn't a, really an effective diet. There is no effective diet that focuses on just one particular area of the body. Uh, and I uh, I hear that a lot. That well, how can I just lose my belly fat? Well, you're gonna if you're gonna lose fat, it's gonna come from all all areas of the body where you have fat. Um, you can get liposuction uh, for superficial collections of fat in, in the belly. Uh, uh, people get tummy tucks. I, I really have never been too impressed by the results of uh, liposuction. You get kind of a, in my in my experience with those patients, it's a, like a lumpiness that uh, it, you don't have the beautiful contours that, that one might expect for the the price and the process. Okay. Um, I think the second half of the question. Uh, goes beyond the scope of uh, this franchise, but uh, there certainly are forums, websites, uh, uh, internet, uh, which cater to human sexuality and, and health, uh, which I'd advise the listener to consult. Uh, on the uh, question bar at the Mayo Clinic uh, website, uh, that's, that's a good, reputable website. That, that would be a good place for... Uh, the second half of, of the listener's question. To find that out. So, to, yep, I, I didn't, I never thought about that, but I guess logistically that could cause a, a bit of a difficulty. <laughs> um, what was your favorite question this week, Dr. Russ? Uh, 
I, I think the third one is uh, is quite uh, a good question, and uh, it's a two part question. The second part I really didn't want to uh, uh, answer with. because, as I said, it's beyond uh, uh, our franchise here. But uh, uh, I think the third question from Lona of Louisville, your, your listener in, in Louisville. Okay, Lona, we'll call, we'll call her Louisville Lona. Um, Dr. Russ, we're going to send you a copy of Dr. Russ's book, The Palm Springs Diet. It's going to make you feel better. It's going to make you feel healthier. It's going to make you get some more energy. So you'll have more energy to do all those things you obviously want to and enjoy doing. Um, if you want a copy of the Palm Springs Diet yourself, you can get it on authorathouse.com. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it at kennethrussmd.com get a copy of the Palm Springs Diet also Dr. Russ has a wonderful line of products coming out that will help it's a spray that you can spray in before you eat that's going to help suppress your appetite and really help you move along so I'm going to keep you guys updated on that because I know we've had lots of questions um, about when that's coming up well thank you for uh uh, your promotion of that summer, and uh, uh, I will uh, look forward to talking to you next week and uh, taking questions from your listeners. Thanks Thank you again. so much, Dr. Russ, for being on here. We always appreciate it. Guys, that was my favorite doctor and yours, Dr. Russ, talking about all things skinny. And um, for the second half of that question, Lona, you can check it out at the Mayo Clinic. Um, or I have a write-in on Twitter that said hands and knees. So there, there, there are some things to um, help you there. I'm Sam Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin and Dr. Russ. This is Behind the Scenes. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Where can you learn about EasyWayPromotions.com social media marketing, brand positioning, and more? Easy Talk Live. Where can you get tuned into celebrities in the business world? Easy Talk Live. Where can you learn about entrepreneurment? Easy Talk Live. Every week, host Eric EZ Zuli and his celebrity friends talk about global causes, offer tips and tricks that you can use right now on social media, and give you the chance to promote your projects on Easy Talk Live. Every Saturday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. 
Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are going to be on a very controversial topic today. So I'm going to give a shout out to all of my sponsors really quickly because they have nothing to do with this topic, and we'll talk about that in just a second. I'm going to give a shout out to Scott Haskin. He did the intro music for this song, but he just did a book called What Happened in Vegas, Part Deuce. Check it out if you have a chance. It is a great book. I want to give a shout out to Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California. If you can give me the most interesting statement about this show on Facebook or Twitter, I'll give you a free ride at uh, Offroads. Uh, Adrian and Cantor Hair Studios in Palm Springs, California. Go get your hair done there. You'll be red carpet ready. A left A loft hotels in Phoenix, Arizona. The Palm Springs Diet, of course, by Dr. Dr. Ross. A whimsical hoot and bespoke glass slipper. They dress me for the red carpets. So does marchingapparel.com. A quick shout out to AZ Corpse Crew. Vivix Printing. And, of course, Float Spa Therapy. Uh, float Therapy Spa, which is a float spa in Huntington Beach. And True Rest Sedona and True Rest Las Vegas. These are the companies that own my ass. Let me be clear. These are the companies that, you know, I'm kind of like a NASCAR driver. I have stickers all over me. Someone always owns something. But I want to get these out of the way because we are going to be talking about a very controversial topic today and a very controversial documentary and something that is very decisive for people. And I want to say I don't want any write-ins. I don't want anyone upset. I'd like to introduce... Uh, Macy Crow. Macy Crow is a documentary film director, cinematographer, and photographer. She lives in Texas with her husband. Her 2016 award-winning documentary, Jackson, is an intimate first look, first of its kind look at reproductive health care through people in the through the eyes of the people in the deep, deep South. I have watched this. It is an amazing documentary. It's really. It really opens your eyes, and she has genuinely gone to both sides. This isn't a documentary that is clearly pro-choice, where she's just showed you a bunch of crazy people on the right. This isn't a pro-life documentary, where she's shown you a bunch of crazy people on the left. This is a genuine documentary that talks about people, and that is what makes it great. I am going to say at the end, I'm going to give you a a chance and let you know how to donate to this very, very last abortion clinic. It's a reproductive health clinic, not just abortion, in Mississippi. But I'm also going to give the, you the number um, for the pro-life organization. So I'm going to give you both at the very end. And I'd like to welcome uh, Macy Crow to the show. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. 
thank you so much for being on the show. Um, you kind of jumped into the middle of one of the most divisive issues in the world today and made a movie about it. I did, yes. I went down to Mississippi for the first time in 2012. So, you know, abortion's always been very divisive in um, the U.S., but as the film came out in, you know, 2016, it's certainly become... Um, a much more publicly debate, debated issue, you know, at this moment. Now, this was nominated uh, for an Emmy. It was a yeah. finalist. Uh, it, was, it was award finalist. It's, it's, it's been put in a lot of places. Um, but one of the things that surprised me about your documentary was how balanced you kept it. Well, just a quick side note. The, I did a short film um, prior to this film and the short film was nominated for an Emmy so this film is just now um, going to be going into the award season so it hasn't it's won a lot of festival awards okay well I, I beg your pardon um, <laughs> how, how did you do this without taking without if you did take a side it wasn't strongly one or another sure I mean I think I've always felt like the best way to um, cover any to the root of um, what's going on is to show both sides and, you know, show both sides fairly. Uh, I might not agree with one side or the other, but that doesn't stop me from showing what's there. I, I've never felt like propaganda um, ever gets a message across accurately. So um, even though I'm very pro-choice, I felt like I could not tell the story that I wanted to tell without um, giving both sides fair coverage. And that's what I found very interesting about your documentary. Usually when I watch a documentary, I can tell where the person is coming from and what they want. Um, But you didn't show a bunch of lunatics trying to stop abortion or a bunch of lunatics trying to force abortion. You talked about how the people felt on both sides. And it really, it was really heart-wrenching. Oh, thank you. Right. I always feel like um, understanding personal uh, emotions behind why people uh, believe in a certain thing uh, are the best way to kind of get at, um, get at who they are and what they're doing and what their motives are. So that was really um, what became the main goal in portraying each of the characters in the film. And I found that very, very interesting. Um, The doctor in this clinic flies in from out of state because they can't find somebody within the state that's willing to do this. Um, Yes. And he doesn't seem to... And this is what I found so interesting. The way he was portrayed in the film, he doesn't particularly seem pro-choice or pro-life. He seems very religious himself. Well, um... A couple of things. First of all, he flies in because it's, I think, become rather dangerous for abortion providers to live um, in places like Mississippi. You know, they're, they're targeted and harassed. And so that's why the clinic has providers that fly in. But Dr. Parker is actually a very outspoken pro-choice advocate. Um, okay. He's on a national book tour right now. He um, recently wrote a book about his faith. And um, 
why he provides abortion care. And he actually talks about um, providing abortion care because of his faith. Um, that wasn't something that we particularly dove into um, in the film because we really wanted to focus on the women and the people that are on the ground on a daily basis. But um, it certainly is an interesting uh, component to the work that he does. Then let me ask you, what was it like going down there and filming? Because you walked into an area that is very, very, very pro-life to do a documentary. Um, it had a few people that were pro-choice. There were protests. You had the women in and out. What was it like to walk into an environment like that? Uh, you know, the first time I went down there, it was incredibly overwhelming uh, to be going to a healthcare provider and be... Uh, you know, harassed uh, upon entering. And and that is something that patients go through um, on a regular basis. However, I became very similar to the staff and the fact that I spent so much time down there and started to get used to um, people on the other side of the fence. And it wasn't until the clinic got vandalized while I was covering the film that I realized how uh, precarious of a situation it, it is. And they think, yeah. Sorry, what? How? Sorry, how did? Um, I'm, I'm, what do you mean vandalized? The clinic was vandalized. Um, there's a scene in the film where actually see the clinic get vandalized through the security cameras at the clinic, um, and what happened? Uh, you know, uh, the individual they never caught the individual tore down the security cameras and tampered with all of the power cords and. Um, cut the power cords to the generator. Um, I think, you know, there was speculation that someone did that so that um, the clinic staff and clinic uh, providers couldn't perform abortions the next day. Um, You know, of course, it's all speculation because there was never any motive found or the individual was never found. But we um, were able to kind of include that moment in our documentary because we had um, the footage from the security camera until the security cameras were, you know, destroyed in that moment. And so we show that happening. And um, I think that that is when I really uh, realized how dangerous it is, how dangerous it is for the, the staff and the providers to go in there every day and do the work that they do in a state like Mississippi. And that would be really difficult. I couldn't imagine doing that. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, and I think one of the interesting things... Um, is that Shannon, the clinic director, really puts on a very uh, heroic face in a way and and really acts as though there is no fear in what she does. Um, And it wasn't until that moment where you... uh, you, That's the only time you really see her um, kind of lose it a little bit and get get so upset upset and overwhelmed um, in, in what she's dealing with. And so um, it was a really eye-opening moment for myself and uh, my colleagues to, to see that happen um, and realize what they go through every day. Now, you've taught at Columbia. You've uh, taught at the uh, CUNY uh, Graduate School of Journalism, the Salt Institute for Documentary Studies. Uh what, what is it like for you to teach in these these places and these, I mean, these are very, very liberal uh, liberal institutions and, and walk into a place uh, like Jackson, Mississippi? 
Well, I think, you know, I'm from Texas originally. I live in Texas again. I just recently moved back here. And so I grew up in a place um, with similar values, uh, should you say, as, as people um, have in Mississippi. So it wasn't so out of the ordinary for me. I think it actually made it, um, you know, I'm, I'm personally very liberal. However, I grew up in a place that's very conservative. So it, it made it easier for me to really tell both sides. I, I think that that was one added benefit that I had given my background. What made you decide to go here? Uh, I I can tell you, you know, I'm pro-choice. My co-host, Paul, is not. He's pro-life. You, you, pardon? That's me. Yep. Um, So you've got people with very opposing views, um, but you told this one in a very non-offensive way, and two, you seem to get on with the protesters quite well. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, everybody is a human, and I think everyone has a reason that they believe the way they believe, and it's very, you know, real for them. And so I, I think that the, even if I don't agree with someone's beliefs, it's, you know, those beliefs come from a place that makes, that makes an important issue for them for whatever reason. And that's, that was, you know, the reason why I really wanted to, um, get to know these individuals on both sides because I knew I couldn't ter- tell a fair story in, until I did that. And, and I think that's the reason, I, I think the first question you asked me was why I went to Mississippi. Um, you know, in, in 2012, there was not um, a focus at that point in time as much on abortion. You know, there had been previously, and of course there is now. Uh, but it was just the start of trap laws uh, really being passed in a high number. And I had read an article uh, that Mississippi had one clinic and there was a law that was threatening to shut it down. So and that's that was why to do with admitting privileges. What do you mean by trap yes. laws? Trap laws are called targeted regulatory... I don't know. The trap laws are... Laws and for some reason on, they're on the tip of my tongue right now. But they um, are trap trap laws are laws designed to sound reasonable that actually penalize um, specific clinics. For example, uh, requiring that uh, f- uh, doctors that work at abortion clinics have admitting privileges at hospitals, uh, which isn't necessary because that you're not even talking about people performing procedures. We're even talking about people just handing out a pill. Um, you are talking about needing the width of a hallway to allow mm-hmm. a gurney, which isn't something used in abortion clinics. So it's applying laws that don't apply to them, uh, to businesses in order to shut them down because it makes it too expensive for them to renovate, not putting them within school zones, um, even if there's no external signage um, and not allowing them to operate within medical facilities. So those are called trap laws. They're laws that are put on and the way that they're presented um, sounds like it's, it's a positive, but it's actually a trap. It pulls back um, the, the ability for these clinics to perform. And it sort of goes against the, against the, the law, because you can't just have a law in theory, you have to have it in practice. And that and these laws go against that, meaning if you believe in the death penalty, 
you can theoretically believe in the death penalty, but you can't make it impossible to execute somebody if you have death penalty on the books. It exists, it's there for a reason. You can't just believe in jail, or if it's on the books, even if you don't believe it's in jail, it's on the books, you don't put laws in place to stop people from being put in prison. Um, it's the same with abortion, it's the same with healthcare. You can't just, like with the New American Healthcare Act, you can't just theoretically say people can have healthcare, you have to make it available. And so these are laws that stop the um, service from being available, but still keep uh, the law that it is available open. So, for example, uh, there's there's the one clinic now in Mississippi, um, but they've opened a lot of clinics that pretend to be abortion clinics, but push women past the point of being able to abort. So, whether you agree with it or not, these kind yeah, of laws are not okay. okay. Even from my, my standpoint... I, yeah. I have been told that like the reason that they're talking about doctors having admitting privileges and the be able to get gurneys on hallways is a directly effect that the claim that when the mother's life is in danger, because so, I think we can all agree that if the mother's life wait, truly wait. is in danger, the last place we'd want them to be is in a okay. clinic. We want them to be in a hospital. Uh, absolutely. Here's the thing. Um, those <clears throat> laws don't apply in your doctor's office. And the women are being given a pill. They're not being vacuumed out and these babies are it's, – it's not what people say. The way people have abortions now predominantly is by taking a pill. So it's really not necessary. People that still get um, uh, surgical abortions, although surgical abortions are one much of the rarer. safest outpatient procedures. Yeah. They, they are, and they're much rarer. And so it's, it's actually not for health benefit, but um, you have more chance if you get a shot in your doctor's office of having a reaction than you do to the abortion. Um, so it's, it's, if you look into it, they really are, that's, that's what they talk about when they mean trap laws. It's you, whether you agree with abortion or not, if it's on the books and it's legal, it has to be accessible. If healthcare is on the books and it's legal, it has to be accessible. So that's kind of what's being talked about here. Uh, how did you get into filmmaking? Uh, I started, I, I went to school for journalism and I started my career as a photojournalist and worked at a number of community newspapers um, before really getting into long-form documentary photography, which eventually led to um, documentary filmmaking. That's excellent. What advice would you have if someone wants to make a documentary and they're stepping into a situation that is as hostile as the situation that you stepped into? What what would you have to say to them? What advice could you give to people that want to make I mean, films about this on either side? I think the, the biggest and best, I mean, the most important thing you can do is your research. Um, you know, I had not spent time in Mississippi before I first went down there and I spent so much time reading uh, books on the history of Mississippi, getting to know people in Mississippi, and really learning the culture of Mississippi, because I think um, that plays a huge component in um, any debate in any sort of place. But in, you know, in abortion in Mississippi, there is such a big history to that, and especially when it comes to the intersectionality of um, race and reproductive health care. So... I, I did my research, and I think that's the, the most important thing that you can do whenever you're um, trying to tell any sort of documentary story. Why was this important to you? Uh, yeah, 
you know, uh, going back to what I mentioned earlier, I grew up in a very conservative place, and I grew up, um, I went to a high school that had abstinence-only education, and, um, you know, I don't think I could articulate at the time why I felt that that was problematic, but I, I felt weird about it, and um, as I got older, I began to recognize how dangerous it is not to provide women with healthcare options, um, whether or not you believe in abortion, um, deceiving women about their right to an abortion and about um, birth control and safe sex um, is incredibly unethical to me. And so uh, it became a huge issue that I really wanted to cover, and I really wanted to cover it in a very human and intimate way and show people how um, denying choice uh, and denying access has very real implications. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask you, since this is one of the ones that's on the books that people are going to vote on, um, they're now saying that abortion includes the birth control pill because life begins at implantation, meaning uh, um, the birth control pill is a form of abortion because it forces, uh, it, it stops the egg from uh, continuing after it's implanted. Um, these, the services that are being cut off are not just abortion services. Yeah, I mean, I think for a a long time, um, ever since the, uh, you know, pro-life movement was formed, I think that there has been um, a lot of backlash on on birth control. Uh, Personally, I think that that's that's devastating for women. I think if women can't control uh, their family planning, then they can't control their futures. So... uh, I mean, whether or not you think abortion, I mean, whether or not you think birth control is abortion, I, I, I don't think that, you know, governments should, should regulate uh, women's ability to uh, plan their families and plan it via safe and healthy options. Yeah, I am pro birth control, so that's a... Yeah, that well, that's one of the things they're phasing out uh, with with these changes too. So I'm I'm going to well, ask you. I think you, something that is really important is a lot of people call themselves pro-life, um, but aren't aware that the people working on the ground in the pro-life movement, working to stop abortion, are also anti-birth um, control. And so I, I hear that a lot. People say, you know, I'm. I'm pro-life, but I'm pro-birth control. I think those people need to recognize, I think it's important that they recognize that the people that are actually doing the work on the ground are actively trying to stop women from taking birth control. And, yeah. and by doing that, that um, obviously uh, increases the rate of, of abortion. And so if there's one thing that I have learned in my experience um, in making this documentary is that I, I think people who truly do not believe in abortion but believe that birth control is okay, they really should work with their partners on, on the ground to, um, you know, change the mentality that birth control is also bad. I, I think there needs to be some education, and I think there needs to be understanding on both sides. Uh, and I, that's one of the things I like about your film, and that's something I like about your short film, which your short film's on YouTube. Mm, is it? It might be. I don't know. Yes. 
Um, it, it, it is. So I, everyone check this out. This is a very, very good film. Um, normally we take questions. I'm not taking questions because I do not want to take a stance in this. I really wanted to talk to you about the film you made. Sure. Um, more than the issue itself. And I'd like to know from your perspective, did you learn anything when you were filming this? Yeah, I, I did. I mean, in terms of the issue or in terms of making a film? Um, anything. I, everything. I mean, I, you know, I learned a lot. Uh, Jackson is my first feature documentary. Um, so in that, in that sense, I learned a lot about... Uh, how to make a documentary. Um, and Those are really freaking of, difficult. Just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> Those suck. It was, a, hard. It, was, it was really hard to make. And, and I think, you know, one of the first things I learned when I made the short film was that I wasn't going to tell a story fully unless I showed both sides. And it was after the short film that I decided to um, include Barbara Beavers and include the Crisis Pregnancy Center and, um, really would develop you an understanding and a relationship every, with them. Would you tell everyone what a crisis pregnancy center is real quick? Sure. A crisis pregnancy center is a um, facility that's funded by the anti-abortion movement that, um, you know, their, their main goal is to stop women from aborting. And they do it through a number of ways. Um, in Jackson, you see... Uh, in a scene, a young mother who is pregnant, again, with an unplanned, unwanted pregnancy, come into the Crisis Pregnancy Center, and she's um, given an ultrasound, at which point she's asked if she wants to see um, the fetus. And they call it a baby. I think one of the main goals that they, they have is to really humanize the fetus. And so they um, ask April, the young mother, if they want her, them to put Hi Mom on it. And, you know, the scene ends with um, Hi Mom on the big screen because the, the sonogram machine has a, a really large screen. And um, it says Hi Mom across it. And so, I mean, that's like the majority of services they provide are ultrasound so that women can see the fetus. And um, it's directed counseling sessions. It's, it's actually directed 100% to stop women from getting abortions and they go about it in some positive ways, some negative ways, and, and in very nefarious ways, they pretend to be abortion centers. Um, we have about one minute left. Where can okay. people find you? Yeah, you can go to jacksonthefilm.com and you can learn about a number of ways to get involved. Um, you can be directed to the abortion clinic. You can learn how to become a um, clinic escort and we have um, the ability for people to donate to a GoFundMe page for one of our main characters, April Jackson, who, um, after seeing the film, a lot of people become interested in, um, in figuring out how to support her. But jacksonthefilm.com is the place to go to learn more. So to check that out. And where can they follow you on Facebook? Can they find you on Twitter? I am on Twitter, Macy, I think, Ed Macy Crow on Facebook and Twitter. It's M-A-I-S-I-E, last name Crow, C-R-O-W. 
Thank you so much for joining us. I know we rushed through that. I really enjoyed having you on the show. I know our listeners did too. As I promised at the end, guys, if you want to help out, if you want to donate to the Jackson Women's Health Center, um, if you are pro-choice, you can do that. Go to jacksonswomenshealth.com and you can donate there. If you are pro-life, you can go to prolifemississippi.org and donate there. Um, but the Jackson Women's Health Center is the very last abortion clinic in Mississippi. It was a beautiful documentary. Thank you so much for making it. And thank you for showing it really, really openly and very, very well. It was a beautiful film and it was very well shot. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with Paul Michael Bolin. This was Behind the Scenes. Check out the film when you get a chance. We'll see you next week. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.